Hello, Herd, and welcome to a new episode. Um, there hasn't been one like it yet, but this is the first of many as we begin our Rebels rewatch. Um, I'm your Herd leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd Von Mega. I, don't, I think sometimes we forget to introduce ourselves, and I wonder if they wait the whole show to figure out who we are. But then I remember we just got a dedicated listener base, and it's, they, they just know. They know. They just know. And if you don't know, you know. If you don't know, no, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have wrapped up our Clone Wars rewatch, and so uh, now, uh, on most Fridays, what's going to take the place of Clone Wars is Rebels. Uh, we're moving right along to that. Another show that I've I've gone through the whole way, and um, you're coming around to for a full watch yeah. for once. Yeah, you've technically seen this twice. Uh, yeah, I've seen it twice. Um, the only season I haven't seen twice is season four, so as we watch, um, that's where I'll have my second, uh, that's where I'll rewatch of that, but, um, you've glanced at Rebels, but never seen it fully. Yeah, I've been in the room when Rebels was going on. Yeah, and so, um, so th this is a very similar situation to Clone Wars to where, you know, a big part of this is, what do you think, because you're new to this. And, and whatnot. Um, it's not quite the same as with Clone Wars to where you don't like as much the surrounding Star Wars-y stuff. Because with the Clone Wars, the prequels were um, tougher mm -hmm. for you before. Yeah, definitely. Before I watched the Clone Wars. And as, you know, we've done this podcast and, you know, I've learned more about the time period and I've actually grown to like the prequels a lot more than I did. Mm -hmm. So it's not that way with Rebels to where you need more reason to like the original trilogy though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if anything it's just that this is just all uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. um, but it's got a lot of story elements that kind of fill in a lot of things, touch on a lot of things, uh, and it just uses new characters to do that and whatnot. But New, news, a loose word, because uh, you've known of the characters mostly for quite a while. Yeah, I've been on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's not like you've never heard of some of these characters. So yeah, there, there, there's an acquaintance with the Rebels, but this is to, to get you friendly. Mm -hmm. Well, like I think it was, it was funny and weird that we met, um, oh, what's her name, Vanessa... Marshall. Vanessa Marshall and Freddie Prince Jr. before we, I had watched Rebels. Mm -hmm. So I had a different appreciation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted that experience for the couples mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, and, but, uh, yeah, you, I, I got you into it because of uh, Freddie. Mm -hmm. I was like, we're going to meet Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. And Vanessa Marshall. And Vanessa. <laughs> Which, no, no shade against Vanessa Marshall. No, no, no. Just... You just, I mean, you didn't have, I mean, you knew of Hera and Kanan, uh -huh. but not... Yeah. Like, you weren't acquainted with their story. Mm -hmm. And arguably, even Rebels doesn't give you that much. Um, at some point, we'll have to um, sit and, and um, read and discuss New Dawn, um, which tells of their, their meeting and more of how they began on their journey. Uh, Rebels doesn't really do much with that. Um, it really doesn't look back on their story too much. It just looks ahead, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting. Um, I don't, I can't think of too many shows that start with characters that have a history and the show has no plans to 
completely explore it. Like there's yeah. there's points where it's like, oh, this happened, but that they don't make it a big thing of like here's the whole origin story. Like you have to yeah. go outside of the show to get that. Well, we had that with Satine in Obi Wan. Like we knew of True. how they met, but we just didn't know. Well, and we still don't. I mean, we we know the here and there's of it, but. Like, we still don't know that story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a good point. That's another uh, character where, where that's the case. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting how well, like, Hera and Kanan don't have to grow into their character uh, throughout this show. Mm-hmm. Um, they are just who they are uh, as very paternal characters. Oh, and yeah. Whatnot. And it's neat to see, like, an already established relationship between two main characters. That's also I do appreciate that as well. I, I, I appreciate like lived in romance rather than developing romance. Yeah. Although I mean, there's very light, breezy hints of it in in New Dawn. I mean, there's flirtatiousness, but their first meeting. But even still, it's just it's not the biggest deal. It's mostly just these two characters uh, in their experiences together. So mm-hmm. they're just. They're very strong characters, which is a big statement for Rebels as a whole. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it's in real life too. Not many characters or people have, you know, elaborate love stories, and it just happens. It just happens. Yeah. Like you don't have to have that for every character. You know, you don't have to. I didn't see you for twenty years and know fall in love with me or else. Mm. <laughs> well, like, ten years, but yes, that's yeah. what you mean. Yeah, I get like, the reference. Not every relationship has to be like that. It's okay for a relationship to be natural. Well, and I think, though, to, to Anakin and Padme's point, like, it's meant to be not the best yeah. grounds for developing a relationship. That it's All of it's meant to be... It's kind of a... In another galaxy, in another time, they could have been happy. Yeah. Um, but their circumstances were written the way they're written, so... Yeah. But, um, no, yeah, I mean, very true. It doesn't have to be crazy and elaborate. These are just two characters that are into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I again, I think that as we... I mean, we're ahead of... We're talking about the pilot or the premiere mm-hmm. um, stuff, but we're further than that. We're, um, we're almost done with season one, actually. Yeah. So, um, we can kind of say with confidence, like, you, you see throughout, like, the characters remain this strong and, yeah. and only get stronger um, throughout their adventures together. Oh, yeah. I have, you know, we have the unique opportunity to know exactly when I'm going to check out a rebel because I know when someone dies. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm never going to check out a rebels, even when, you know, a certain horned beast goes to a certain desert planet. Oh my gosh, don't describe him like that. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down. Calm down. A certain tattooed horned man. So, uh, there's a lot to digest with Rebels, even just in the beginning. Yeah. Um, And kind of before we get into some of the episode and and whatnot, I just wanted to talk about how the transition was for you between show to show, going from Clone Wars to Rebels, uh, what was it? What was it like making that rollover for you? Well, I'll say it's definitely a change in. Well, it's a change in tone, definitely. True. Like we start in, you know, empire con- empire controlled space, 
Well, we start with, you know, the Inquisitor, but... Well, and, yeah, in the episode, but, I mean, the story yeah. starts... I mean, you, this is a developed empire. This is an mm-hmm. empire that is yeah. fully standing, and they're not... They're not trying to take power. They have power. Yeah, Sheev's not in the shadows going, eh, 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 anymore. He's fully out being like, eh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's definitely a change in tone. Like, a shift in power is always an interesting shift in a storytelling thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was certainly a shift in uh, art style as well. Yeah. Which apparently was very divisive. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can kind of get that i mean because i'm i'm one too that for a while their clone wars kind of established what i thought characters and mm-hmm. star wars animation should look like yeah um and it, yeah I, th- I think that's part of what was difficult is just the leap in appearance it's just it's a very different looking show absolutely even down to the color palette like in clone wars you have these very natural earth tones beautiful bursts of color sometimes but in Rebels, it's all colorful. There's a lot of orange. There's a lot of blues. You know, mm-hmm. it's very it's very pretty. Like, that. that's nice for mm-hmm. me. Um, I do miss the kind of acrylic brush strokes texture on the, on the people, though. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard of, but it'd be interesting if anyone going from Rebels to Clone Wars had the same issue mm-hmm. of this is a very different art style. Yeah. Um, well, it's one of those things, like, if you've studied art in any capacity or studied design at all, or just looked at paintings for a long time, you really start to notice that kind of thing. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess, one for me, it's got to do with, like, Star Wars always looks the same, <clears throat> movie to movie. You yeah. know, there's always a Star Wars feel. And I guess with animation, because there's such a shift, for a minute it can feel like, depending on what you're familiar with, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has to come down to getting past the visual and getting into the story to where, okay, it does feel like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to find what you appreciate about whatever style it is. Yeah. I think. I you love know, all the oranges. Well, yeah, it's very interesting because, like, I associated a lot with, like, the horizon, like, with, mm-hmm. with either a sunset or a sunrise kind of style of, <clears throat> it always, I mean, you know, they're on the horizon of the rebellion. That's yeah. the entire deal of the show. So, it just, yeah. the colors remind me of that sort of orangey, um, mm-hmm. kind of almost uh, new day kind of look you get in the sky sometimes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it's really great, and it's and it's a very similar um, soft shade to what you know uh, mm-hmm. was used in a lot of early clone uh, uh, Star Wars uh, art, a lot of concept art and whatnot, which is a lot of the yeah. inspiration for the show's visuals as a whole. Oh, is yeah. is Ralph McQuarrie stuff? Yeah, you can see Ralph McQuarrie's fingerprints everywhere in this show. Yeah. it's beautiful. And um, and I think that's where a lot of the stylized look comes from as well. Is just from this is what originally Star Wars was going to look like. Yeah. Um, and Filoni and his team have always been ones to be like, hey, pull out this old, unused thing mm-hmm. um, and put it in that episode. Like or, uh, the episode where Ahsoka gets her lightsaber stolen. One of the 
the lady character is oh, yeah. based on the mall uh, the concept art. Something jumper. That's that was like... too scary. <laughs> what? The mall concept art was too scary. Oh, I mean, if you imagine that as a person, it's I, awful. I, like, I can I'd be scared of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's so scary. One of one of the species becomes a um, inquisitor. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, stuff stuff like that always popped up. I mean, you know, it. He always he and his team always had a fascination and one point or another someone would throw something out there of we could base it off this or we could use this mm-hmm. and it's you know it's giving new life to a lot of things and i think that rebels does well to use Macquarie specifically because again that's what established star wars was mm-hmm. Macquarie's vision and art style um there were a lot of other in, uh inputters into that style yeah but without Macquarie, much of what we've got um, wouldn't wouldn't be the way it is now. Um, now the translation, like um, I think it's Colin Cartwell, um, was one of the model makers who was big in translating um, the concept art to model. Mm-hmm. Um, he did things like the X wing and the Y wing and the Death Star, <clears throat> which is pretty significant. And so it's you know there's obviously a lot of hands on it, but um, with Rebels being a, essentially, I mean, I know it's 3D, but essentially it's 2D, it's animation, it's it's painting, it's drawing, mm-hmm. it's art. Um, it's much more closely associated with Macquarie's stuff. Yeah, and it's, I mean, if you don't think that we love the art of Star Wars, I invite you to our house to look at all the art books that we own. <laughs> right. It's too many. Right, well, and even um, the... Clone Wars, the art yeah. of the Clone Wars, I, ha- I have it over there. The cover's based on the original hero shot from mm-hmm. Ralph McQuarrie's art of the original Star Killer, you know, the original Han Solo, the original Chewbacca. Yeah, um, which is stuff Zeb. Like that. Yeah, and, and, so, and it's stuff like that. Zeb's a, a big example of this is something that otherwise would not have had, li- like, this is what it would have looked like. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously tweaked to look a little bit more workable rather than the just gaping mouth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, oh. the expression of, oh. right. <laughs> Which but, I make every time I see the, yeah. the but action figure of the Zeb, you know, Zeb works. Zeb's a great translation of this art to reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see Lasat in film or like Absolutely. in live action because I'm not trying. I don't try to devalue animation and art when I say I'd like to see it live action. It's mm-hmm. just I feel like that's the ultimate jump to representation in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. If it do- if it can make it to live action, I feel like it's got serious representation. Like Saw Gerrera. Right, like Being Saw Gerrera. <laughs> in Rogue One. That right, was. and and um, the uh, the ghost mm-hmm. Chopper. They're in there, and I mean Sindula's mentioned, Hera's mentioned, but. We don't see her, but yeah. we know Twi'leks can work on screen. So it's just one of those things where it's like, once it makes it to live action, mm-hmm. it's there. It's in full <clears throat> Star Wars mode. Yeah. Um, and so it's more of a, like, it's not like I think, oh, it's not great unless it's live action. But yeah. I just, I love to see that of that started in a cartoon. Yeah, well, I, I kind of, I kind of attribute it to, like, we see atolls in the uh, cantina scene in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. We also see atolls. We see an entire village of tolls in uh, 
in the Clone Wars, when we went to um, Star Wars Celebration, mm-hmm. there was a Tulls cosplayer, and they were on stilts, and they stood <laughs> so tall, and I was like, I'm seeing this in person, and it's amazing, and mm-hmm. it makes my heart happy. Yeah. Like, I want to give you a hug, big furry person. Yeah, but you're too tall. <laughs> but you are too tall, and you were intimidating. Well, and it's also, uh, it's also that I'd like to see done in live action what I've mm-hmm. seen done in like I'd like to see Tolls in action yes. like I saw in Clone Wars I want to know how that Tolls got to the canteen <laughs> it's you know so it's those things where it's like I just I want to see the world mesh yeah. and you know like it or not I still see a big divide between live action and animation yeah and I'm hoping that shows like you know the Cassian Andor show and the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian yes. will break down a lot of those barriers. Oh yeah, I think so. I think that's the bridge for sure. Yeah. Um I mean, we have the there's the possibility that we could see Sabine in live action in the Mandalorian. Just throwing there There's a possibility there she's a Mandalorian. That's a jump. That's a jump. That's I hurt a, my ankle cuz I You landed. almost need a Mando jetpack to make that kind of jump. <laughs> But, like, you get I see what, what, you, I see what like, you're saying. Yes, I, I, I get you. But, no, but, yeah, stuff like that. Stuff like that blows my mind. Dude, the possibility of seeing Boba Fett. Well, and it's all because screen. of animation that Darth Maul came back, too. So it's it's stuff like that to yes. where it's, like, yeah, it, it, it's leaps and bounds to see that kind of thing. But, yeah. Um, so other than the art, um, was there anything significant to the, the changeover for you? Going from Clone Wars, which is a show you grew to like a lot to now Rebels um, did you just kind of ride on a high of I just love Star Wars animation or was was, was there something you had to kind of come to come to terms with well with any like new consuming of anything um, moving on from a previous story there's always a transition period of yeah, these are di- new it's characters. a different story yeah these are new characters this is a new setting this is a new tone It's going to take some time to get used to. And I think immediately when Chopper (laughs) happened, I was immediately sold. I love Chopper. That little angry crab boy. I love him so much. Yes. That's what we've been doing to each other. Like, whenever one of us gets, like, frustrated or angry, we just go... (laughs) With crabby hams. Yeah. Um, Chopper's very close to my heart, for sure. Um, I do apologize for the cat, but there's nothing we can do. So yeah. just FYI. <laughs> we hear her too. Trust us. She's 14 years old. Her vision's going. There's only so much that we can do. <laughs> she, she's just ornery. Yeah. Yeah, I think though, I think you had a lot that, I mean, much like the Clone Wars to where you were just able to go in and not have a preconceived of, wait, didn't they do this or wasn't that in, like, you know, you have something envious in that you experience Star Wars in a whole different way than yeah. a lot of people because there's just a lot of Star Wars you don't have in your library. Mm-hmm. You, you know, your mental library. It's just not there, so you're not constantly comparing or you're not constantly, like, does it fit with this? Does it work with that? Or, you know, yeah. you're able to just experience. And, and with Rebels, it's a very similar way to where you're just able to digest. You don't have as much going on in your head that I think got in the way of a lot of people between, oh, this looks different. Oh, this is, you know, just Disney's version of replacing Star Wars. And, like, there's just all of these key factors that were surround... Like, because Rebels came out months after the finale of The Clone Wars. Um, It ended in March this 
Rebels began with this in October yeah. of the same year. So it's one of those things where it's like, it was a really quick transition. So I think during that time was not a good time to come to, to Rebels mm-hmm. for a lot of fans. I know a lot of people that started in the beginning of Rebels and loved it. But I think for me and a lot of other people, that initial run, like that first season, I could it was, it was hard. Yeah. It was a hard transition. It was a lot of difference and a lot of change. And there was also just a lot, again, in my library that was just like, okay, I mm-hmm. guess. Because um, I was still coming to terms with the new canon stuff. Um, but sure enough, like towards the end of season two, um, into the announcements of where season three was going, I, you know, it's like, oh no, I need to get back into this show. Mm-hmm. I need to get back to this and, and give it a chance. And, and that's when it stuck for me because... I'd given it some time off. Yeah. And so I think that the way you're experiencing Rebels, you're free of a lot of that baggage, which is good. Yeah. My baggage space is taken up by other baggage. <laughs> Very true. More important baggage. Yeah. So, um, okay, well, I mean, we can, you know, we're 20 minutes in. We might as well talk about the episode. Maybe. Might as well. Maybe. Um, so take it away, Earl. What were some of your first impressions starting off? I like seeing a Godel again. I enjoy Godels. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm glad you looked up the species. I always forget. I knew the species. Oh, okay. Thank of course you. you do because it's a freaking goat person. <laughs> goat man. <laughs> I just I just like Godels. Um, I... Oh, gosh. What's the goat from Amnesty's name? Billy. Bill? Is it Billy? Yeah. Really? Wait a minute. Oh, it's not Billy. It's like... Vincent. Name. Vincent, that's right. Billy Rude comes son. later. Oh, another goat man? Sorry. Oh. I think I just ruined something for you, but it's great. Vincent the goat man. Vincent the goat We listened to a D&D podcast, um, and um, the arc is called Amnesty and, and whatnot, but yeah. uh, they deal with, um, what are they called? Cryptids? Cryptids, yes. They deal with cryptids, and Goatman's a cryptid, and so one of the characters yeah. is uh, Vincent the Goatman. So, uh, sorry for that sideline. Please line. listen to Amnesty. It's the, f- it's the best. But if, if you need to picture it, it's a goatal. It's a goatal, basically. <laughs> yes. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Good good use of an good use of an alien. Yeah. I, I always love aliens. You know what else is a good use of? Mm-hmm. Jogan fruit. My favorite. My favorite. <laughs> Any time that Jogan Fruit comes up in Star Wars, we just think of what's his face. I don't know some the prime senator. minister of something. Uh, it, it was used for a throwaway episode. It let's be so honest, funny. but it's hilarious. So funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoyed... that's a reference to a Clone Wars episode. I yeah. just have to throw out there for those. Um, I think we get a really good intro to Ezra, as like a he's not quite a hero, but he'll do it. He'll do the job. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I like, will steal the things. <laughs> he's Aladdin. Yeah, I was gonna say yes. He he's very Aladdin yeah. <laughs> in these early days. And we find out, you know, later why he is the way that he is. But now we're just sort of given a character that's like, you know what? I'm gonna steal from the rich, give to the poor, but also kind of steal from the poor. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, um, this is mine now. <laughs> this is mine. Um, yeah. He he comes around to a very sympathetic story. Uh, but even the intros, um, e- you know, even this first episode, this I- initial run, they do a lot to serve Ezra's character of, this kid's got some stuff going on. Yeah. You know. But he looks out for himself. That's his main daily. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he's kind of been conditioned to. Like, yeah. we, we get a couple of moments throughout the show that signal, like, dang, this kid's been, like, yeah. been let down. Like, if you need to feel better about yourself, you know, hang out with Ezra. Like, if you mm-hmm. feel like you've been screwed over, hang out with Ezra. Hang out with Ezra and his good old friend that he steals Jogenfurt from. Right. Well, to be fair, he kind of did save the dude. Yeah, he I did. I mean, like, he, fair's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, we get a look at the cadet helm. This is a little bit later in the episode after Ezra, you know, kind of sees some shenanigans going on. Yeah, so they don't really address it too much here. It's in a, a bit of a later episode, but he has a fetish for, like, collecting um, trooper helmets yes. and, and, and Which, imperial junk. Me too. Let's be honest. Right. But, oh, yeah, who can... I mean, I... I I love Imperials. Like, yeah. I, like their look. Like, here's the thing. Yeah, they might kill some people and ruin the galaxy, but they the look fashion. good doing it. The fashion, <laughs> son. Um, so you gotta appreciate it. Uh, you gotta appreciate it where it is. Yeah, I love the cadet helmets. I love the kind of new design ish. Yeah, well, this in Rebels I really appreciate. I enjoy the kind of in-between stuff where yeah. you see they're still working. Like, they're still tweaking some things. Yeah. Like, they're still trying to figure out some design-wise things, but yeah. uh, it's still very much Imperial. Yeah, it's also good to see, like, an, uh, more facets of the Empire. Like, we get a little bit more of a fleshed-out Empire in the show. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, between the Imperial-occupied uh, city of Lothal City, where mm-hmm. we're introduced and where much of Season 1 is going to take place, um, so get used to those hayfields. Yeah. Um, lovely, lovely hayfields. It, which is a good... Uh, I'll come back to the, the hayfields, but um, it's a good point that that's another difference in, in mm-hmm. shows. This is a very contained show. Even when we branch out in Season 2 and 3, you still... You're, you're stuck to a few good environments where your characters mm-hmm. are. You're Meanwhile, not, you know, in the Clone Wars where we went everywhere. Yeah, you're galaxy hopping. Yeah. Like, you see a few of the same planets, but for the most part, you're... And, and everywhere you go, it's action. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, there's just... There's a lot of um, subtler moves. Like, yeah. you're, you know, it's like going from checkers to chess in terms of you're still accomplishing things, but you're not getting it with big moves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very ordered. It's very slow. Um so, but yeah, um, we see an Imperial-occupied city, um, which is where we meet the Godel and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and later we see, so where the crew's introduced is because they're trying to steal food. Um, Ezra doesn't know it's food, but he yeah. steals it from them because it's like, if they want it, uh, it must be good. Which is kind of smart. Very, very smart. And and he lets them do all the work. So again, he, like, works smarter, not harder, dude. Mm-hmm. Um but eventually, uh, they help Ezra. Like they escape together because they stole from the Empire. That you don't just get away with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out they take the food to what's called Tarkin Town, mm-hmm. which is a town uh, like a tent city of people who have been displaced and, and put out by or on the run from the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has bearings in real life, where real life presidents, uh, well, President uh, Hoover, Hooverville, um, like. Mm-hmm. Which sounds a it, lot more fun than it actually Right, is. yeah. It's very doc, uh, uh, Doctor Who. Very Doctor Seuss. Yeah. Um, this is my or town of vacuums. Right. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Woo. <laughs> uh, I get excited about the vumes. Um, 
Oh, that there, Billy. He's doing the views again. Um, so yeah, but overall, they paint a picture of what it ri- what it's like because the original trilogy, we just see our heroes fighting the yeah, bad guys. We hear a lot about the breach and the conquest of the empire. We don't see it. Right, and so Rebels does good to widen the lens of what does it actually look like mm-hmm. for the Empire to be in charge. Yeah. And, spoiler alert, it's not fun. No. <laughs> um, and so it's really great to see that world built. Like, if you need to ask yourself why do a show set in this period, this is, why, this is a great answer to it. World building. Yeah. To bring a lens wider to what it actually looked like. We're focused on our heroes. We're focused on Luke, Han, Leia, and, the, and you know, the gang yeah. in the original trilogy. Let's, oh, the let's, gang. Right. Let's <laughs> see beyond that. What What is everyone yeah. else experiencing? What are the other groups going through? Uh, yeah. and, and, and those are the stories Rebels tells. Obviously, as a precursor to our gang, but still. Yeah, I mean, it might be hard to imagine, but we've got blank spaces in our timeline. Oh, no, all absolutely. All over Star Wars. Like, there's swaths of time that we have no idea what happened there. Mm-hmm. Like, we still don't know what happened at the Siege of Mandalore. Like, That's coming in November. Yep. You're talking about, like, with the Clone Wars, right? Or, wait. I watched a uh, a Twitch thing where Sam Witwer talked about it. That's how I know about it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so Siege of Mandalore is something that takes place towards the end of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, and what's cool is, um, so, and we'll use this as a transition to talk about our new gang, our gang for this show, the crew, the ghost crew. Um, Transition! Right. But um, what's interesting is our entire crew is a byproduct of the rise of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone you look at, the Empire has touched them, or war has touched them See, in some I sort of way. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, um, starting with Ezra, we learn later he's born on Empire Day, the founding day of the Empire, mm-hmm. uh, and whatnot. And the Empire has taken away his parents. I mean, we we know in this first episode he he ain't got no folks. He's an orphan, like Batman. Um, they were taken and supposedly killed by, probably killed by, the Empire. Mm-hmm. And um, we have Kanan, a literal byproduct of Order sixty six, the death of an era. Yeah. Which we find out his master was... Do we want to talk about that? Uh, I mean, yeah. Depa Balaba. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't come up in the show much. Yeah. Are you surprised that I remembered that? No. uh, We've mentioned that before. It's not really spoilery. Mm -hmm. He... He was a Padawan when he... When it would have happened. So, yeah. Yeah, he was at the Padme Academy. Padme Academy. Um... Not but the Padme like, Academy. We will, um, now that we're into Rebels, we'll go back to um, the Kanan comics, which talk about their story, which is really great. And I love yeah. the opportunity, again, world building. I love the opportunity that Depo Balaba's character got by the creation of Kanan. Mm-hmm. By, by just throwing out there, oh, that's his master. Now the storytelling and, and the more that we've gotten to learn of her character... That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. But, so yeah, so he's born out of the death of the Jedi. Um, Hera, um, not really spoiler territory, but we'll get there. Her last name's Syndulla. You guys should yeah. know that. His daughter of Cham Syndulla. Who was the kind of, he was the militant leader-ish. Yeah, he was the Twi'lek resistance fighter. Yes. Um, way back to like season three, yeah. I think, of Clone Wars. With Numa. Yeah. Um, so... I know that she, she Hera's been touched by the Clone Wars as well. Um, 
and arguably she's been equally badly affected by both the Republic and their lack of presence on their planet. Yeah. And now the Empire's presence. And you got to think her father probably told her everything that happened. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you've got Sabine, a Mandalorian, who um, is on the run for the experiences she's had for uh, being involved with the Empire. Um, I'm not going to spoil that, but at the end of the day, um, the Empire and the Mandalorians got close, and, and she felt that in a very harsh way. Mm -hmm. And so um, she's lost her heritage, her connection to her heritage. Yeah. Um, because of the Empire. Zeb, his whole species, as far as we know, was eliminated by the Empire. Yeah. Just for resources, just for, they were taking up play, uh, space. Chopper is a war vet. He was in a Y-Wing that was shot down fighting the Empire. That's why yeah. he's Henri. <laughs> Again, not spoiler alerts, it's just that's why he's a grump bump. Because Empire shot him down. Mm -hmm. and, and it's so cool because he's a droid with PTSD. Yeah. He hates flying, uh, except in the ghost, because Hera's in charge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every, every character is a byproduct of the Empire and the war, mm -hmm. which means everyone has a reason for fighting, which is it's really, really freaking interesting. Heck yeah. Um, so with that, with, with the crew, um, what, did you, what did you think of the crew and, and getting introduced to the new main cast? I love Sabine. Mm -hmm. She's very colorful. I appreciate that. She's kind of a ska girl, which I enjoy. Um, got that checkerboard, uh, colored hair aesthetic, which I appreciate. Oh, gosh, yeah. She shops at Hot Topic. You know yes, it. Yes, she does. Um, <laughs> Space Topic, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Chopper. You know I got a thing for droids. Oh, yeah. You know. You know these things. I do. Uh, look at my shelf. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen... Um, she posted her uh, IG collection. Mm -hmm. um, I still think there's a couple more, but oh, I think is. the majority's there. Yeah, it's most of them. It's nice. It's very pretty. Yeah, and then Hawk, a vagrant from the left, is Boba Fett. Yeah. It's like our two, our two, car our two favorites share a shelf, which is nice. Yeah. It's like they're hugging. <laughs> yes. Um, Zeb is, of course, a walking carpet yeah. with mange. Which so. uh, Steve Bloom's entrance into Star Wars I I just love he's Absolutely. he's been in almost everything I love um he's done backup vocals before um obviously and he's a voice actor obviously but I mean like, like that's just his whole trait it's not like a it's not like a Mark Hamill thing where I act but I also voice act yeah um Steve Bloom has always he invented and for, right he, he's he's one of the long term yeah um and I mean, he's been in just about anything you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but this is his first leading role in Star Wars, which I think is fantastic because it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, I love the guy. Yeah. I, I love so many of his characters. He's played so many um, different uh, characters that I love from Spike Spiegel to Starscream. I mean, he's been in just about everything. Yeah. So... Was he the one that you met? No. Um... I met Lee Tokar um, and Sam Regal. Okay. Uh, he played um, he played the War for Cybertron Starscream, which is okay. one of my favorites because it blends Steve Bloom's Starscream and um, uh, Chris Lada's, which is the original Starscream. So it's got the high pitch, but it's also got the gravel, which is just a nice blend. 
Um, Starscream! Yeah. Megatron! Like, it's just like, that, that, no one loves that. I mean, li you li do. listen, Chris Lotta has two voices. It's Starscream and Cobra Commander, and they sound the same. Okay? They do! Oh my gosh, they <laughs> exactly. do! Exactly! Uh, it, it's just from that era of voice acting. It's like uh, Yoda is Miss Piggy with a cold. I, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's to, uh, you know, like, we're, so we're uh, going through, we're watching um, Dragon Ball Z. Oh. Um, she just bit me. <laughs> nice. You probably deserved it. Um, Petting her? So, yes, we have other interests. We're watching Dragon Ball Z. We're watching through the yeah. series. Um, and one of the leading guys, Sean Schimmel, who plays Goku, um, he does, he and Chris Sabat are voice actors that do a lot for the show. Yes, they do. So m they play multiple characters, including the leading role, which, mm -hmm. can you ask for a bigger check? Goodness gracious. Uh, excuse um, me, Tom Kidding. Uh, D. Bradley Baker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, if you, like, that's how you know they don't pay by character, because these guys would be rich. Anyway, um, but there's, so, there's times when he does certain inflections, and it's like he slips into Sean Schimmel, yes. and it's just one of those things where it's like, aha, I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just things like that to where certain certain times you can really identify. Like, ah, you yeah. you have a tell, sir. It's like when Clancy Brown gets really angry as a character and slips kind of into Mr. Krabs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, another another uh, veteran voice actor who eventually comes to Rebels. Yeah. Well, but that, I mean, he's he came from... Um, Clone Wars. Yeah, he was Savage. He was Savage. No, he does not come back as Savage. Savage is dead. I know Savage. Savage is D E D A dead. So, <laughs> so <normal>. dead. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> dead is better. Sorry, I got into a side thing because Steve Blooms gets me giddy. Um, <laughs> he really butters your croissant. He, he, yeah. Anyway, uh, but another great voice actor um, breaking in, you know, Kanan. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Freddie Prince Jr. Oh gosh, yeah. Who I was introduced to through the Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, I, I can't think of what he was in. Um, I know what you did last summer, though, right? Yep. yep. He was in. I still know what you did Wait, last summer. Wait, so was so was uh, the Daphne girl, right? His wife, Sarah His wife. Michelle Gellar. Yeah. yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Goodness gracious, they've been in a lot together. They have. That's interesting. No, but yes, um, Freddy's great. He's, He's fantastic. fantastic. He's super dude bros with Sam Witwer, he, which is adorable. He radiates just, like, warmth Oh my gosh, yes. I think I, we've shared this before, but, like, when we went to Celebration, they were the first character meet we had. Yeah. We met uh, Freddy Prince Jr. and Vanessa Marshall, and we're, like, right there, and they're finishing up a photo with somebody. And, you know, I mean, if you were there, yeah. like, they usher you a lot, like, come forward, yeah. like, fill in all the space, all this stuff. <laughs> and we're there, but, like, we're not in all the way. Yeah. And so the guy's, like, trying to bus us along, and uh, I think it was you. You were just like, I'm sorry, it's just... It's Freddie Prince Jr. Right, and he's like, I know, but you need to move. Yes, <laughs> like, this was the man who every girl in school wanted to marry Freddie Prince Jr., because, you know, he was the hot stuff when I was in school. He still is hot stuff. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, it was always either Freddie Prince Jr. or Christian Slater was also a big one. Mm. Do you know who that is? That's the guy from Saved by the Bell, right? The one with the no. light. The, what? That's A.C. Slater. That's A.C. Slater. Okay. There's That's two Mario people Lopez. named Sla There's Mario Lopez. Wait, what's that's his, Mario what, Lopez. what is his name? 
Mario Lopez or A.C. Slater? A.C. Slater, but he's played by Mario Lopez. The, okay, so the character's name is A.C. Slater. I didn't watch Saved by the Bell. Ask Tabitha. She knows. <laughs> okay, but seriously, what's his name? Whose <laughs> name? I don't know. <laughs> okay, the character in Saved by the Bell is A.C. Slater. Okay. He came to the school as, uh, you know, he was a... He was a new kid in class, and Zach I don't felt care. Like... I just wanted to know what his name was. <laughs> so his name was Hotbod McCanson. So his face. his real name is Mario Lopez. Okay. Yes. Who's RC? No. Who's a? Who's Christian, Christian Slater? Who's Christian Slater? Dreamy is what he is. What did no. he do? What's He's something an actor. he did? Uh, let, if you see his face, he'll know exactly who he is. Is he the guy from? Um, is he blonde? Mm. Was he blonde? At one point. He's not Dawson from Dawson's Creek. No. Oh, okay. No. Another show I didn't watch, but I was trying. I was forced to watch it. Because my mom loved Dawson's Creek. Well, Dawson's Creek filmed a couple of episodes in um, your old church. Mm -hmm. Back in North Carolina? Yeah, back in North Carolina. Yeah. So there you go. You kind of had to at that point. I'm trying to find a good picture. Have you ever seen Heather's? Nope. What did you watch as a child? Star Wars. <laughs> Welcome to the Christian Slater podcast. I mean, I watched a lot Christian of other Slater. things, but clearly what stuck with okay. me is stuck. I mean, I don't have a Saved by the Bell podcast. Come on. We should do that. That's Christian Slater. He had, like, the the popular haircut of the time of, like, the kind of bowl cut, undercut. He almost looks like the man in black, like the young one. From Westworld. Jimmy Simpson. Holy cow. Almost, yeah. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. Hang on, IMDb. Hang on, let me see. This is anyway. So, um, your thoughts on Kanan, though? I'm trying to just keep the show moving I know, along. I'm sorry. Welcome to Christian Slater cast again. Um, I like Kanan. He's kind of... He gives off the edge of, like, I don't have time for this child. Who invited this child into my life? Oh, no. I must parent. Right. Like, he feels the responsibility <laughs> clearly, but at the same time, he's also, like, annoyed with the responsibility. Yeah. Um, you know, like a dad. But he clearly, like, he he has this vibe of, I I need to do something for this kid. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just, it's a really, I, of, of the dynamics I love most, it's Kanan and Ezra throughout, which is not, it's not uncommon because they're arguably more main than the rest. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to step on toes, but it's, you know, they, they get a lot more story time. Mm -hmm. Um, Ezra is kind of the main character, of course, but, um... Yeah, the dynamic between them, the paternal aspect, the teacher-student aspect, it's just it's really good stuff. I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, I love Kanan's whole aesthetic from the much more samurai, much more traditional, um, much l more pragmatic. Like, he's like Han Solo Jedi, kind of. Like, in terms of, like, he's not... He He's very... He's got all the presence and respectful, like, ambiance of a Jedi that Obi-Wan has, but he also has a lot of the action and and wit that Anakin has, but with a blaster. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really interesting balance because that's, like, my prime aesthetic of, like, if I could be a Jedi. Like, I don't want to be 
a Jedi in the sense of a lightsaber in the Force, but I'd really like to also have the option to shoot somebody and say whatever I want without getting in trouble with Mace Windu. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things. Mace Windu like, would do a high five, let's be honest. <laughs> well, I feel like me and him could sip tea together for sure. Yeah, but, and then kill somebody. <laughs> but at the same time, I also feel like it's like we can talk and we can hang, but I can't work with you. Absolutely not. <laughs> which there's a lot of people like that. Um, and then you kind of already mentioned Ezra, but overall Ezra, um, as, as the main character, as your new main, as your new Ahsoka, arguably, um, no, how, how'd you feel about it? Well, I mean, Ahsoka's in the show, so. Yeah, I know about it's, that. Can't really replace her, so. No. Yeah, that's the only reason I said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, um yeah. I'll be honest, didn't like him at first, but I'm starting to warm up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's very much that kid, hashtag TM that kid, of just like, I'm annoying, but I'm the main character, so you can't do anything about it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think... He's very anime protagonist of like, this is an annoying trait, have it. (laughs) Right. Like, he's definitely not where he ends up, for sure, And, and that's what's really interesting about this show is of all the characters to grow, Ezra grows the most. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's this really interesting dynamic with the whole show as we continue on of this family growing together. Yeah. Um, and they all start to rub into each other and and um, start to really um, speak into each other and, and whatnot throughout their adventures and throughout their experiences. And so... Um, I, again, I think this show is a much more contained show, and I think it benefits so much from that in terms of a small cast that's just a big old family. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a very different dynamic than the whole, we're buds, but we're f- saving the galaxy. They're not necessarily, they, we, they don't start by saving the galaxy here. They're just out to get along. Like, yeah. you know, like, they're doing this job in order to be able to make money like you know they they give away the the food for free but they also steal some weapons and sell those and the idea is you got to pay bills yeah they're not out trying to destroy the empire right now it's like a neutral good in a way right it's like if we can we'll stick it to the guy but for the most part we're looking out for us we're looking out for our family yeah um and so it's a really different groove and I think again that's what makes this show so great is because it's not like a lot of anything we've got Star Wars wise yeah Um, and and so I think that's what works so well for it what makes it such a great show absolutely so um, so the episode itself as we mentioned we start off with a little bit of a heist that introduces our characters and uh, we find out that they're main goal is information mm-hmm. on whereabouts of Wookiees. Um, I guess they just, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's like they're not really doing this to dismantle the Empire. It's more of, I think they just got a soft spot for Wookiees and, you know, um, they want to free uh, Wookiees they know are in captivity. Yeah. Um, they're on their way to Kessel. Actually, I think they're at, on Kessel. Um, I think so. When they save them. Um so that's that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Um, the mission kind of gets hairy at one point. Ha. <laughs> oh gosh, that ha. goodness gracious! Um, it gets uh, complicated at one point yeah. to where because um, apparently they 
caused trouble before, and so um, the Imperial Security Bureau, uh, ISB, sends Agent Callus. Yeah, Callus. Agent Hot Callus. Yeah, Agent McBurnside. Yeah, Agent Porkchop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How do you help? The you? evil Mr. Porkchop. No. Um, yeah, so he's sent in, and he's way more adept than yeah. most Imperials. Yeah. Um, and so he gets a hold of Ezra in the middle of the mission, and the rest of the rebels escape, but eventually come back, rescue yeah. Ezra, and still manage to find out where the Wookiees are and rescue them. Yeah. Um, all because of Ezra. All because of Ezra. And um, it's really interesting, again, seeing how they all interact and how they work together. And it, it's not about, like, yeah, they're fighting the Empire, but it's not about again destroying the empire it's about just doing the right thing yeah they don't start out by wanting to you know take out the greatest evil in the galaxy yeah they're not the rebellion as we know them right they just want to save some wookies because it's the right thing to do mm -hmm. um and you know we get a lot of great imagery and whatnot we get wookies that aren't chewbacca which is always i great. love it um but yeah. we get one of my favorite um scenes of the, i almost used it as the um thumbnail art uh -huh. uh, but you like the Ezra one better I do like but that. um the the greatest scene I think in this in this first episode is when um Kanan outs himself like mm -hmm. they're they're kind of backed into a corner and he just walks out into the gunfire and ignites his saber and it's got that beautiful thin blade but he's got that very samurai motif it's just yeah it's just exquisite I do enjoy the aesthetic of the lightsabers oh yeah it's very a new hope oh yeah and and throughout we don't see it in this one but um soon we see like they keep a little bit of the flurry of the young jedi the, the prequels mm -hmm. but overall they're much more intentional like the original trilogy when it comes to yeah. the sword fighting i think it's a really good blend um i mean yeah. you know Maul shows up, and it's one of those things like Maul can only calm down so much. <laughs> yeah, Devoy has no no chill. Right, but even there, they yeah. like they capture a lot of. Again, it's it's an in between, so you're transitioning. So they capture. They're young and spry, superhuman of the prequels, mm -hmm. but they're also very, very calculated. Yeah, like they're thinking about where's the best place to strike, which is really, really, really. I love the fact that the reason uh, Ray Park plays Maul is because no one else could do the fighting. Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, he's the guy. Yeah, because I can't do that. Um, and uh, I love the end where, uh, you could, just speaking of, you know, because Kanan reveals himself as a Jedi, um, there, there's a stormtrooper that gets sent off the rails um, at one point. There's also a stormtrooper that gets thrown. Oh, yeah, just... Bayuki. <laughs> um, and Callus at one point also goes over the rails, but both end up hanging on in a very cartoon fashion. Mm -hmm. And I love the stormtrooper. He's like, you're a first Jedi too. And then Callus just kicks him <laughs> and, and obviously he dies, but it's just one of those funny things where it's just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love the humor of rebels. I'm going to go ahead and say, I love it. It just, mm -hmm. it's so great. Um, but yeah. And so, um, the ending speaks to the beginning of the episode that you kind of mentioned before and that he's outed as a Jedi. He, he's known as a Jedi now. These aren't just some scrum rat rebels. There's a Jedi in the midst. Yeah. Um, and so this is going to introduce bigger things. This is going to introduce the Inquisitor. 
And um, the original run yeah. in uh, October did not feature um, the beginning with the Inquisitor and Darth Vader. Uh, that was added in after mm-hmm. by George Lucas's recommendation. I just like mentioning that because it's one of those things like, George Lucas watched this, cool. Yeah. Um, and whenever he makes recommendations like that, I just always feel like assured because it's like, if he didn't have anything to say, I'd be worried. But because he was like, I need some Darth Vader in there. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, what? <laughs> and so we get a great scene of Vader um, expressing the great threat of the galaxy. It's the children of the Force and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we get a great glimpse of the Inquisitor, which is one of my favorite things that Rebels introduced. Mm-hmm. I freaking love the Inquisitors, um, the Inquisitorious. They're very, very stinking interesting. The Inquisitorious. That, like well, that. that's the name of the order, yeah. That's funny. Um, and so, yeah, so like that. that's... that's our intro into the series. That's our first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good episode. Lot, lots of um, good character introduction and whatnot. And I think here, uh, a lot of good conversation as well. Yeah. Any any last thoughts you had on the episode or anything like that? Obi Wan looks very like soft. Oh, that's right. We do see. Yeah. There's at one point Ezra conveniently opens a holocron and mm-hmm. we see Obi Wan's message. Uh, what's interesting. We only get a glimpse of that in episode three, and James Arnold Taylor, who is the double and the animated voice actor for Obi-Wan in all fashions, um, it was interesting, he, he had a mention of like, yeah, I got to read the whole message. I, like, It was just something I hadn't thought of is I never heard the whole message before. Yeah. Um, so just really interesting but yes yeah. that that you know a side by side of clone wars obi and rebels obi you Very see soft. oh yeah you see the difference there yeah it's like he's been conditioning his beard till it's not as pointy right he's just he's soft soft obi with really big blue eyes um so but yeah uh so there you go thanks for mentioning that sure um we'll be back uh later this week this is Going up on Sunday, we'll still plan to get uh, episode two out on Friday and keep that going. Thanks for always being patient with us when things don't exactly work out as they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, you know, we're trying. And, yeah, I've and been whatnot. sick all week. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's been a, a rough week. But um, nonetheless, uh, this is out there. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, we, we certainly enjoyed it. We're looking forward to um, continuing these conversations uh, with Rebels and whatnot. Keeping our Fridays busy with Rebels is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for you to get to a lot of places. Uh, and, and So, yeah. Um, let us know your thoughts on this first episode and all that good stuff. Um, be sure to check out our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Stay connected with us and all the updates of the channel and all the memes that we share and all the good stuff. Uh, consider checking out our Patreon page where uh, this month, if you sign up, you get a swag pack. So no matter what you sign up for, you get a swag pack that usually uh, you have to sign up for the highest tier to get that. But we're giving those away to anyone who signs up now because it's our anniversary. It's our one year uh, Nerd Herder podcast anniversary. So we're giving away stuff. Um, Technically, I think they should be giving us stuff, but it's okay. Um, But yeah, so check out our Patreon page. If you do join our Patreon, not only do you get the swag pack, but you also get access to our Discord where we have a channel for Rebels Rewatch. There, every week, we're going to put out and say, hey, we're talking about this episode. Let us know if you got anything. And if you have anything, we'll include it on the show. Yeah. Um, so you'll get a direct mention, and you'll get to chat with us about some Rebels and, and whatnot. So 
um, yeah, we'd really appreciate that. And so you can get that starting at just a dollar a month. A dollar a month gets you all that cool stuff and an anniversary swag pack. So it's kind of a hard deal to pass on. But um, So please check out our Patreon page, all that great stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think we're good. We'll yeah. see you tomorrow. Well, I'll see you tomorrow with uh, Monday Motivations. But uh, yeah, full steam ahead on the week with uh, continuing Visions of the Force Part 2 on the main show. And then uh, Rebels Episode 2 on Friday. Oh, yeah. Awesome sauce. It's going to be a good week. So we'll see you there. Talk to you then. Uh, stay scruffy, guys. And may the Force be with you. Bye.